we're going to do today, we're going to continue our, our look in the book of Mark. We're going to continue that, kind of going to blaze through it, and then I, I got some, some news that I really want to share with you, exciting news, good news, um, opportunistic kind of news, but um, there is, uh, when I was, when I was um, growing up, and uh, one of the comics that I really liked, actually not really when I was growing up, because I think I was older then, was Calvin and Hobbes, you know, and Calvin and Hobbes had this uh, comic strip where um, he was contemplating, because he's always contemplating stuff, you know, and, and what he's just saying there is, you know, uh, Santa, if I get any uh, lords of leaping or geese of laying, you've had it, you know. Um, hmm, that might not be political, you know. And then he says, I'm getting nervous about Christmas. Uh, you're worried you, won't, you haven't been good? Well, that's just the question. It's all relative. You know, what's Santa's definition? How good you have to be to qualify as good? You know, I haven't killed anybody, you know, and all that stuff. And he says... But maybe good is more than just the absence of bad, Hobbes says to him, you know, the tiger. And he says, see, that's what worries me. Okay, assuming I can get an overnight letter to the North Pole, uh, what, would you charge, what would you charge to write me a glowing character reference? Oh, no, I'm not going to um, perjure myself for you, no, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what Calvin is, is contemplating is, I wonder if he's going to be good enough for Christmas. And yes, kids, we worry about that. Are we going to be good enough for Christmas, right? Because we want gifts and all. And then as we get older, we, we, we think about, are we good enough for other people? You know, in the eyes of other people. Um, you know, we wonder if, if people, when they look at us, that somehow we're good enough. And as we, you know, go along in life even further, or maybe in a young age, we kind of wonder if we're good enough for heaven. You know, that we're good enough for heaven. And are we good enough to make it into heaven? And, and, and being good enough, good enough to make it to heaven is something that Jesus was talking about to this guy who had that very question. And uh, in Mark, I'll move this over here. In Mark chapter 10. And that's kind of what we're going to look at. Because this is a really interesting conversation that he has with him that, that we can learn a lot about ourselves as well. Because the question that this man asks, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And you probably asked that question yourself. Or you know people who have asked it. You kind of wondered, what is good enough for us to get to heaven? And so we're going to look at, at that conversation in Mark 10. And, and what, we, what we see is that... Um, we're hoping and praying that we're living a good enough kind of life, right? And a good enough kind of life, in many respects, is a matter of perspective. You know, really, what's good enough? And we kind of put ourselves on the good enough scale, where on the saint side, there's like Mother Teresa and people like that. And then on the ain't side, the, the bad side, there's like Jack the Ripper and people like that. And that, you know, we look and, and wherever that point is that we think is good enough, most of us here, hopefully, would say, you know, I, I think I'm good enough. I think I'm living a good enough life. That we think, you know, we, we follow most of the rules. You know, we follow most of the rules. You know, we haven't 
killed anyone. We haven't kicked a dog. We, I hope you haven't cheated on your taxes. You know, we're nice to most everyone. We give money away. We help others. We don't shoplift. We go to church. You know, we, we avoid trans fats. We, um, we recycle, right? We do all these things. And, and yeah, we have some problems. We have some issues. And, and we still sin at times. But, you know, everybody does anyway, right? And so we kind of think, I hope and I think I'm living a good enough kind of life. And um, this man that we're going to look at, he believes that he's living a good enough life. And he's coming to Jesus to make sure that, you know, God, I, I think I'm doing it. And so he goes to Jesus. And so the question is, you know, what is good enough? What is good enough? Are you good enough for heaven? And that's where we pick it up in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so this guy comes up, shows respect, he bows down, and he said, he gets right to the point. I got to know. Am I good enough? You know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And we find later that he's this very successful, very rich person, and, and he really is a good person, right? And so he asks Jesus that question, am I good enough? Jesus replies in uh, verse 18, why do you call me good? Jesus asks. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments, right? You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother and father. And, and, and what he's saying is that, you know, really the truth is only, only God is good enough. You know, I'm not, only God is good enough. But then he goes on and he says he kind of gives him what was really the expected answer, right? He says, just follow these commandments. Don't, don't murder, don't cheat, don't lie, you know, all these things. And hearing that, the man must have felt pretty good. You know, must have felt pretty good. And he says this in verse 20. Teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. He said, check, got them all. I'm doing that, you know? And what Jesus says next is, is like a real shocker, right? Kind of shocked him might shock us. Verse 21, looking at the man, and here's the important part, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He wasn't being mean-spirited. He wasn't being bad. Out of genuine love for him, he says, there is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then, when you do all that, come follow me. Whoa. Jesus wasn't trying to be mean. And he loves this man enough to, to tell him the truth. And he says, all that you're doing is good. All that you're doing is good. But there's still something, you know? And, and it's like, the man must have been thinking, whoa, that's not what I expected. I thought maybe he would have said something like, well, you know, read your Bible a little more or, or maybe volunteer more or, hey, you know, you've been, you haven't been real regular at the gatherings, the church gatherings and things like that, you know. But, but Jesus said something beyond all that. He said, you know, sell everything. Sell everything. Give it to the poor and follow me. Verse 22. 
At that, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had a whole bunch of stuff. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, because according to Jesus, good enough was just too costly for him. It came to a real shock to him. And it, and it should come to a shock to all of us that, this is their t- you know, truth be told, there's a time when good enough is not good enough. Right? So his disciples are there with him because he's walking along. The man comes. He has this conversation with them. The man says, hey, you know, I've been doing all this. Jesus says, hey, you know, just sell. The guy leaves. And his disciples are like stunned too. He's like, what? Verse 25, 23. Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. It's even more than amazed. Like this stunned them. But Jesus said again, dear children. See, he's not being mean. He's loving. He's lovingly telling the truth. He says, you know, he says, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And his answer was tough. And his disciples in verse 26, they were astounded. And they asked that question, right? Then who in the world can be saved, they asked then. And Jesus said that if, if you're looking to be good enough, it's going to be pretty much impossible. It's impossible to enter the kingdom of God because good enough means everything. And Jesus was saying that what we think is good enough really isn't. And, and it wasn't just about money because he didn't, instruct every rich guy to go and sell everything. But he was making a point, that he was making a point that, that the scale we use for what should be the entrance requirement for eternal life and heaven is not really the scale that we're, that's not really the right scale. That if we're looking at being good enough, the truth is we're never going to be good enough. You know? And he's saying it is going to be impossible possible and his disciples had it just right because they had that same scale too they're looking if that's not good enough what is good enough and Jesus begins to share the heart of his answer and it's all about what we do is never going to be good enough but God is enough but our God is enough And in verse 27, Jesus looked at them intently. He, and what that word intently is, it's not just looking. It's just this loving, deep look, longing look. And he's saying, humanly speaking, you're right. It's impossible. It's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Being good enough, doing enough, living right, being successful, being a good person, you know, will never be enough to inherit eternal life. And he's saying that's the wrong scale. Because no matter how hard we try, we're never going to be perfect. There's no perfect person. And out of God's deep love for us, if that was the scale, none of us would make it. None of us is perfect. 
none of us would be good enough to inherit eternal life. And it is out of God's love that Jesus is saying, no. They're, 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 they're. If you try, and you can try to be as good as good can be, that's, that's not going to be enough. But I'm not leaving you all hanging. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible because God is enough. Verse 28, Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Peter, he's still shocked by what Jesus is saying. And he says, Jesus, we gave up everything for you. Isn't that enough? I mean, man, we, we left everything. Remember, you saw us drop everything to follow you. Isn't that enough? Jesus in 29, yes, Jesus said. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news, the gospel, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and property along with persecution. And in this and in the world to come, that person who had done all that will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem the least important now will be the greatest. And, 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 and Jesus says, Peter, Peter, you know what? You know, what you did was good. You know, that, that, that what you did was good. But that's not the scale to use if you want to inherit eternal life. It's the wrong scale. It's not about being good enough. When I first became a Christian... Someone shared with me, and, and if you're at the age I am, you'll you remember these yellow booklets that they had called the Four Spiritual Laws, right? And, you know, people went through that, and the, you know, the four laws, first law is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Two, you know, that man is sinful, separated from God. The third law is that Jesus is God's only provision for man's sin. And then the fourth is that um, we must receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And that was the four spiritual laws, and people would go around at, at UH and campuses or wherever, and they'd share the four laws with, with people all around them. It was called a track. Back then. And, and something I always remembered in that little booklet was these two chairs, thrones. And on one chair where we sit on the, th one chair is where we sit on the throne of our lives. See, that's the self-direct life. Remember that picture? And he's saying that, that we're on the throne. We, we are most important. And everything else revolves around us because we live for us. And the truth is, Jesus can be a part of that. Right? A lot of good things. You know, I think I'm living a good enough kind of life. And Jesus is a part of that. Right? Okay? And that's one. And then there was another throne, another chair, um, where... Jesus is on the throne of our lives. And that everything else, we yield to Jesus. See? That our, our, our finances, our relationships, our children, everything that is in our lives is yielded to the lordship of Jesus because Jesus is now on the throne of our lives. And, and the question they have there was, who is sitting on the throne in your life? Who is sitting on the throne in your life? That's, that's the scale. That's what's most important, you know. And I never forgot that because that's the challenge. I want to sit on the throne in my life. 
You know, I want to I wanna be like that rich young guy. Who I, I want to I wanna sit on the throne, make all the decisions. I'm going to live good. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do all these things. And in the end, I hope, I hope I was good enough to get that ticket to heaven. And the truth is, what Jesus was telling that, man, that's not good enough. But it's simply putting Jesus on the throne in your life. And if you would do that, what God promises all over Scripture is that he will take care of you because he is enough. He is more than enough. You know? And what Jesus was saying was that's, there's another scale. It's not about being good enough. Because you and I know, right? I know, there, is, there are so many people in this world who are better people than me. A whole lot better. And they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. And if they go through their lives hoping, hoping, it's not going to be good enough. Because nobody is perfect. And that's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father. And from now on, you, will, you do know him and have seen him. And then in John 17, 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you sent. The scale isn't what we do and what we don't do. It's not about our actions. It's about our hearts. It's about, and that's why, you know, Christians always tell people, you know, you know, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Because that's true. It's not how you live your life. It's, it's the, 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 at the end of the day, it's about if you know Jesus or not. If you have a relationship with him or not. My father-in-law had a, was diagnosed years ago. He's now in heaven. But he was diagnosed with cancer. And he decided, no, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to live this out. And we, were, we had gotten together for some kind of family get-together, both sides of our family. And I remember my mom going up to her, to him, and saying, Donald, you know, do you know Jesus? And, and, and my father-in-law, because my mom does stuff like that. And, and my father-in-law goes, yeah, 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 I know, you know, like Hazel and the kids. Yeah, I know Jesus. And then, and then she said something that I was so thankful for. She said, but, but does Jesus know you? And then for that, I looked at his face. And I just kind of watch it on the side, right? And it's like, oh. And I'm grateful that he made a decision to have this relationship so that Jesus would know him as a son. 
And I would say, from all appearances, my father-in-law was a way better guy than I am. I mean, he was cool. He never really, he was just mellow. Nothing would bother him, you know. Never heard him say a real crossword. You know, I like to drink a little bit. But hey, I've done worse. Jesus is saying, eternal life is all about knowing him, the one true God, because that's what heaven is all about. It's about spending eternity with the God who created us in this wonderful place in our home called heaven. And the good news is, the real good news is, none of us has to be good enough. None of us. Because it's not about that. It's all about grabbing hold of the truth that God is enough. That God is enough. You know? And in light of all that, God is enough for us to get and inherit eternal life. God is enough. And God is enough to get us through the situation we find ourselves in today. You know, where the world finds ourselves today. Where there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and all kinds of stuff going on. And and the truth is, God's enough. God's enough. And so moving forward as a church, the thing that God has made it super clear to me this past week, and I've been praying a lot this week, God, what you want us to do, what you want us to do, God keeps saying, I'm enough. And so I wanted to take some time to share how we as a church are going to move forward in this challenging time, right, in light of the the spread of the virus and all that. And so, you know, this week, spent a whole lot of time in prayer, and I made a decision, got the support from our leaders, tough decision, hard decision, you know, but, but man, I, I felt the weight, you know. I felt the weight of all of you, and so for this whole, for what this church is, and I just felt like a, a real conviction that God was leading us to, to really cancel up our, our, our services here on Sunday morning, meeting here, yeah. Starting next week, that, that we're gonna, they're going to cancel the, our meetings um, until we get word. And how long? Don't know. Preparing maybe for a month, two if we need, I don't know. Until we get word that, um, that um, you know, things are, are beginning to get under control and they're allowing, you know, they're, you know, they're, saying it's okay to meet in larger groups and all that stuff. And, and so from next Sunday, we'll be doing something a little different. We're going to cancel our services here. And uh, I said, God, I don't want to do anything out of fear. And uh, I just felt like, you know what? This isn't a decision and a response based on fear. It's a response that is based really, um, after much prayer, in the end, this is a response based on love. For, for, for in my heart, I, I, feel, I feel good that this is a response based <clears throat> on love. That love compels us to be a responsible 
members in our community and not contribute to the problem. You know, we want to, God's called us to be the solution and, and not uh, be a part of the problem. And, and love compels us to be this responsible part of our um, community. And so starting next week, Sunday, what we are going to do, because it's really important for us to meet together. And, and this is an opportunity, and I'll get to that a little later, but we're going to start streaming our services live from our office. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to go to our office. <clears throat> the worship team has agreed, say, yep, no, we want to provide live worship. And we're just going to stream at the same time because, you know, I want you to continue the spiritual discipline on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock that we are going to, um, we're going to, uh, live stream our services from our church office. Uh, at this time, we're gonna um, we're gonna we're looking we're we're gonna be using YouTube, you know, YouTube Live, and and uh, we have a channel there, <clears throat> Kakako Christian Fellowship. I want to encourage all of you guys to subscribe to that, get notifications, and every Sunday, um, you know, we're gonna do that. That we're gonna um, we are gonna we are gonna stream our 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 services, and that. We're going to continue to meet together, but it's going to be in all these different places. And what a great picture of what the church really is, because church isn't where we go. Church is who we are, right? We're the church. And the cool thing is Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'm right there in your midst. And you can be the church individually, but when two or three of you gather, Jesus is right there in a real special way. And so, in, in whether it be in homes or wherever you decide you want to meet and stuff, man, what a great opportunity that, that I just had, I just was kind of excited to think, whoa, all over this island, and maybe even beyond this island, we're going to be getting together as the church and we'll be worshiping together. You know, we'll, be, we'll be getting into receiving truth and receiving from God's word. You know? And we'll be praying together. And I'm so excited, you know, that we're going to continue to be the church. And what I'm excited about is we get to experience in, in greater ways, probably, hopefully, the truth of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and all that we've been going through in, in letters to the church and the values of letters to the church and, and act, really actually Acts chapter 2, that we can begin to instill and embed into the life of our church. Because we've been asking God, say, I've been asking God, God, you know, how do we make all these values, you know, these values of 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 of, of Coming together where every person's a minister, everybody's ministering to everybody else. You know, that everybody's sharing with everybody else. That we're worshiping, actively worshiping with everybody else. That we're all learning from God's word with everybody else. You know? And how we do that, and how in Acts 2 it says, house to house, they were meeting all the time. And they were gathering all together as well, because that's really important too. So this really is an opportunity we have. We have an opportunity to live out the truth that church is who we are and not where 
we go. And I'm excited about that. And I want to encourage you, all right? Don't break the habit. Don't lose that discipline, that spiritual discipline, and just set aside time on Sunday mornings like you always do. The only difference is you can worship along with us because it's not a video conferencing. This is one way you can worship with us in your bibbities or whatever you want. Whatever your family's comfortable with, whatever. Okay? And then I, I want to encourage you, get your family together. And there might be an opportunity to, to, to get um, members of your family there who don't normally go to church. Perfect opportunity. Invite some close friends over. You know, don't make a whole giant thing, right? Because we want to, again, be responsible. <laughs> right? Okay? But, but, take that opportunity, all right? Have breakfast together, you know? And, and you know, just, just make the most of that. I'm looking at a service of about 50 minutes, Keep it under an hour so you can, you know, you can just make it a really great time with your family. And how great would that be? How great would that be? It might be the first time that you as a whole family with your kids and all, just worshiping together. You know? You can say like, oh, yeah, I heard that television adds 10 pop mark. Oh, he looks huge now. You know? Whatever. We are planning to do this for the next four weeks, and possibly, probably, I don't know, maybe longer if necessary, all right? We, we have a start date, the 22nd. Um, and I don't know how many weeks we're going to go, but we're going to go until we are, you know, it, it's clear that, you know, we don't need to do this. And we're going to continue to work out all the kinks with this live stream and all that. So I was going to ask, man, just be patient. Just patient with us. Here's the important thing. We're gonna, um, we've created a statement that we're going to post. It's already there on our website, social media, and all that, informing everybody of our plan in moving forward. And we're going to be passing that out in a few minutes. But, you know, so, so we got that. Second thing, I know people might be wondering, you might be wondering, what about Easter? We're going to be seeking God for his plan for Easter, but obviously Easter falls in this, so we're not going to go to the school for Easter. I think that'd be irresponsible in a lot of ways. So we're going to seek the Lord for a creative way to, uh, to celebrate Easter together all over the place. Okay, so we're not sure how, but I'm just praying, God, and I'm hoping that God would give you even you know, some inspiration on how this Easter can be really, really special. All right, so we'll begin to communicate that. And then I just want to say, at the end of the day, man, we have an opportunity. Man, you know, I keep hearing in my, in, 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 as I pray, you know, that, that there is opportunity in the midst of crisis, you know, and that um, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity, one, to experience being the church, right? So make time to worship as a family, gather and all that stuff. We have an opportunity to be the church in the world around us. You know, that we have an opportunity um, to be the church around us. Don't worship alone. You know, pray. Pray. You know, be sensitive to the needs of those around you. There's going to be a lot of really 
scared, confused people all around us. This is an opportunity we can share, we can come along so we can love. God shows you a need, ask God, God, can I meet that need? You know, can the church meet this need? And, and we need to take this opportunity to be a blessing. You know, the other day that I was praying, I said, God, I felt like God would say, Mark, if someone was sick with the virus, really, really sick and needed prayer, and they were asking for prayer, would you go and pray with them? I said, I think, I think Sonny is good at prayer. <laughs> Sending Sonny. <laughs> nah. I just, in my heart, I said, no, I got to go. I got to. Because if I believe that God is who God is, and I believe that God has called us to be his church here, that God's going to protect me as I go. And I, I am excited for the opportunity that, that, man, all of us, as we pray for coworkers and families and all this stuff, and when we see God answer prayer, we're going to say, like, whoa, God really does answer prayer. And so it's an opportunity to be the church in the world around us. God has called us to bring light where there is darkness. Let's do that. Let's do that. To bring hope in times of despair. Let's do that. This is not the time for us to just isolate ourselves and away from everybody else and say, we're going to ride this out. No. No. It's a time in which we are called to arise and shine. That we are going to walk by faith and not fear. And we're going to be a blessing to the world, especially when the world needs a blessing. You know, that's who the church is. That's who we are. And that's what we're going to do. And that we have an opportunity to be a church that fully trusts in our all-powerful God. A lot of times, right? It's like, oh, you know, I can trust God and times are good and all these things. It's when t things are tough where our faith gets stretched. And I see this as an opportunity for us to experience the power of God in a way that we've never experienced before. And so let's take that opportunity to, to see what God can do in your life, to see what God can do through your life. That I want to encourage you to read, maybe memorize, and pray through Psalm 91. It is my strong belief that despite what we're hearing all around us, and the, all the indicators say, I believe that we will see God's strong hand. We're going to see God's strong hand in this. That we're going to see something that will surprise the world. Because God is an all-powerful God. And God has given us Psalm 91 for times like this. So let's, let's, let's really be a church that demonstrates to the world that no matter what, that no matter what, no matter what's going on around us, we can stand in faith and not fear with all confidence in the God who will never leave us or forsake us. Friends, grab hold of this opportunity. You know what? When you get afraid, just think of two people 
okay? For most of us, we're not in the danger category for this virus, right? 80% of the population, we're going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's the elderly and people with respiratory problems and all that. This morning, two people over the age of 80, one in her 90s, were thinking, yeah, we're probably not coming today. Understandable. Okay. This morning, five-something, they call up my wife. Because I guess when you're at a certain age, you get up at, Five something. And they, they call up my wife. And they say, hey, it's my wife's mother. She says, hey, Auntie Sally and I made a decision. We got to be there in church today. We got to support. We got to be there. And they were here, 730, praying in that room. And they're here right now. Okay. If you get scared and you get worried, think of that. That's what it means to walk in faith, not fear. Now, don't go giving them hugs and all that stuff now, okay? <laughs> just, just, just like, good job, right? Okay, all right? Let's, hold, let's grab hold of this opportunity. I'm going to pass out the, um, the statements now. I kind of want to go over them with you so you kind of see. It's going to be on the website. It is on the website now and all that, but there's some things I kind of really wanted um, to highlight, okay? <clears throat> As they're passing it out, I just want to say, this really is not an end. It's not a defeat. It really is a beginning, and God's behind this, and he's going to teach us what it means to be the church. This is just another step in this grand adventure of following Jesus, that we're going to experience firsthand the truth when Jesus said that the gates of Hades will not prevail against his church. And I want to exhort you that this is a time to be the church. The world needs us. It's a time, and God's saying to all of us, arise and shine, church. Arise and shine, church. And uh, I'm really excited, all right? So, Got the statement, kind of gives you some explanations why we decided to do this and all this. But you know, midway in the first uh, on the front page, it says, how can you stay up to date on any new developments or changes that we might be making? Things are changing all the time, right? And we want to give you as much information as we can. We want to give you as much real news and not fake news as we can, all right? That, that if Matson is going to not go, we will tell you, okay? But... But we want to keep you posted, that we want to keep you informed. We want, we want to stay connected. That'll be the challenge in the weeks to come. How do we stay connected as the family of God, all right? So join us every Sunday. We're going to live stream on YouTube. Subscribe through a link on our website. Simple. Just click that. You'll get there and subscribe. Okay, and here's what I'm asking you, all right? I did this at 10.30 last night. I had this brainstorm. And I said, I'm going to, I don't, I'm not even on Facebook. I was surprised I even had a Facebook account still yet. But I just created a post to all my, my friends. I guess they're my friends. And I said, hey. <laughs> I said, maybe they're not my friends no more, but maybe, but you know. I said, hey, 
we're going to be live streaming our service from next Sunday. And we're going to be using YouTube. And um, what, what is going to make it a whole lot easier for us to do this is if we had 1,000 subscribers. Because once we hit that threshold of 1,000 subscribers, then we can begin to just um, video the thing on cameras on our phones like that. Right? We just on our phones. As it is, if we have under 1,000, we're going to have to have a computer, a webcam, and all. It just makes it a little harder. And so I just said, hey, just tell everybody. You know, whether they, I hope they watch, but whether they watch it or not, just, just subscribe. Just subscribe because they like me or like you. Okay? So I did it at 1030. It's like 50 right now. That's not bad, right? Overnight. Okay? 65 now? Th thank you. See? It's getting there. But I, I'm just honest. Honestly, that would really help the, produc the production of this thing. We're not looking to make this all nice and glamorous and all that. But we just want to make it as easy as possible because, you know, anyway. So we got that, okay? Um, visit our website regularly. We're going to try to put everything in there, all the links and everything. If you just go there, one-stop shop. One-stop shop. It'll give you a link to whatever we need you I encourage you or recommend you going. Okay, so go there. Go to our website, right? It's on that sheet of paper. And then, if you could, okay, we sent out, we handed out these little cards today. If we don't have your contact information, no, man, it's a good time. Okay? And, and just um, fill that card out and put it in the offering bowl when you leave. Or, you know what, just, just go on our website. It's really easy. Just go to, you know, that, that link. Just click that. Update your website, uh, your, um, <clears throat> update your information. Here's the other thing since you're here. A resource that we have is called Right Now Media, all right? And it's like the YouTube of all Christian stuff with all kinds of resources for parents, for kids, for, for everybody. Anything you would want to, teaching, uh, you want to learn about the Bible, anything, it's on there. And it's free. We have a subscription as a church. And we promoted this months ago. But if you think, oh, I don't think I signed up for that, on that sheet of paper, just say, I want to be, I want to, be, I want to sign up for Right Now Media. Because what we have to do on that is we have to send you an invitation. You click on that, you get it. Okay? And everybody that I talk to who've, who's been on it, they love it. Ask Layla. Layla, you love Right Now Media? You don't love it as much as hear me speak, but you love it pretty much. Yeah, see? That, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Sign up to join a life group. Click. That's how we stay connected. If some of you think like, man, you know what? Um, I, I, I want to get together with a small group of people, maybe two or three or four or five, whatever. You know what? Go there. Uh, go to inf you know, just, just go to the website and say, hey, find out how to contact us and say, hey, I want to start a life group. I just want to start a group where we're going to meet together. Because what we're going to do, we're going to stream our services live. We're going to have discussion questions available for you. So you can take that and you can, you know, go over that stuff with your, um, you know, with your little group or whatever. Just discuss the message. So we make it really easy for you, all right? So I want us to, to, to take advantage of this opportunity that we have, right? And so, so it's going to be really important to stay connected. So that, that section was really important, okay? We're going to continue to look, what do we need to do to adjust or to do whatever, everything else that we're doing outside of Sunday morning, which is really exciting. <clears throat> Life groups will continue to meet, all right? 
Life is going to continue to meet. They're going to meet either together. They're going to make a decision. Well, we're going to meet together. We don't feel real comfortable with that. We're going to ask groups, you know, you can meet digitally. And we're going to talk to um, life, our life group leaders. And Dave Oyatamari has been doing a digital life group for I don't know how long. And he said he's available to talk with any life group leader on how to do a digital life group. So we can do that. Our, um, our children's you know, ministry and stuff, they're just working on stuff. There's going to be resources that are going to be available to our parents that um, on every Sunday, you know how we have our curriculum. The curriculum um, uh, makers have said, hey, we got resources for our parents. They just go to the Orange website and get links for that. You can download resources that you can go over stuff with your kids. There's even going to be downloads for like the video for the week and all that. So you can keep, you know, you can just keep that discipline and, and, and how exciting for you to begin to take um, take the take the you know take the lead in in teaching your children about Jesus. So it's going to be really important, really great. So we're doing that. And at the back of the page again, you know, I believe this is what it's all about. That this is a time the enemy would like us as a church to just isolate ourselves. It's no. You know, he's going to take it. He's taking advantage of the fact that it comes right around Easter. It's like, ha, ha, I got him. There's so many reports of, of great moves of God around the United States and the world. You know, that, that people are coming to the Lord like never before. And then this comes, and now there's a threat. But the gates of Hades will not prevail if we would arise and we would shine. My hope and prayer and expectation is that we will see people come to know Jesus during this time in which we are scattered around the city. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. Because when all of us, all of us take the responsibility that we're the church and we see the opportunities we have. And we see people that we know who are scared and in need and all that. And we minister Jesus' love with them. You know what? They're going to find Jesus. And it's going to be so exciting. So I want to encourage you. Walk in faith, not fear. Walk in faith, not fear. And friends, if we got to share toilet paper together, we will. Okay. Right. So don't go and buy a whole mess of them. Okay. Save some for the families where there's a lot of girls in that family. From experience, I know. If everybody just did normal, it'd be okay. But let's walk by faith. Let's make a difference. Prayer. And pray. Let's make a difference, loving people around us. Let's make a difference, and we're going to shine. We're going to pray, and we're going to sing uh, a closing song. And our closing prayer, we're going to read through Psalm 91, because I want you guys to grab it. So why don't you stand with me? And this is going to be our prayer, all right? And friends, this is our prayer. God's going to answer this prayer, and we're going to see God come through. We're going to see God come through, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're going to see. So let's pray. Okay? This is Psalm 91. 
Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. We declare this about the Lord. He alone is our refuge, our place of safety. He is our God, and we are going to trust him. For he will rescue us from every trap, protect us from every deadly disease. He will cover us with his feathers. He will shelter us with his wings. His faithful promises will be our armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly by the day in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness or the, disease, the disasters that strike at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, those, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are being punished. But if we make the Lord our refuge, if you make the Lord high, your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near to your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample on lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me and I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will, be the, I, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. So, Father, we just pray that we would arise and shine, that this is not a time to cower in fear. This is a time to walk in faith and share your love with our world. You love the world. Fill us with your love. Fill us with the love that you have for the world, that it would be in our hearts. And Father, I just pray that you would bless, you would bless every person here because we are the church. This is the church. And you've called all of us to arise and shine. Arise and shine. In Jesus' name.